Hey heroes, welcome to episode 11 of Everyday Superhero Cast. I am your host, happiness sorcerer and bard, Julian Loomis. Today, we get to chat to the cast of Nerds.Web, a three-person D&D actual play podcast consisting of one DM and two players, and it is a wonderful show, one of my favorite. Really happy, just you absolutely need to check it out, but also not yet because you should hang out for the conversation that was a long time coming and I really, really enjoyed. I also have three whole questions for the QA, and we're starting a new segment that I am calling Blunt and Honest Weaponry. No, that can't be right. That sounds boring as hell. Who is writing this show? Ah, that sounds like adult stuff. All right, well. Before we can get to that, we have a Nerdeaster shout-out for Master of Miniatures, which may sound familiar because Arthur from Master of Miniatures was the guest on episode 10, one episode ago. You should totally send that episode to learn more about their story. Master of Miniatures makes uh, pre-built and custom-ordered uh, D&D minis, or TTRPG minis, based off really, really high-quality molds. And here's the big thing that I hope I can describe audibly if you're not watching this on YouTube. They're primed, uh, detailed, uh, and pre-lined, and come with the bottom attached, uh, pre-assembled. Uh, which might not seem like that big of a deal. But for comparison, I hope I can describe this. This is a mass built, bought at a random game store, Hopefully it's not blurry. Uh, mini. It is a off-white gray. The mold has detail, but you can't see any because it's all molded in a, without any contour. There's no color change. There's nothing to bring up the shadows of lines of the of the detail. And that's fine if painting them from scratch is you part of your hobby. Um, but if you're anything like me, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I love my minis. I love the collecting of my minis along with my math rocks and my click clacks. But I've never once purchased a mini that I also attached the bottom to. Uh, I've never once gotten past the priming stage of painting them. Um, and even with Master of Miniatures, who I love, uh, love their stuff very much, I probably still won't paint them. But I also feel like I don't have to because out of the box, Master of Miniature minis come primed, assembled, and lined for detail isn't blurry, uh, in a manner that lets you know right away which lines are which part of which shadow, and it highlights the details that much more. They're also a hardier plastic, which makes them feel like more in your hands. Um, what's really exciting is they're also virtually equivalent price-wise to the mass market ones, which is awesome. And, and, for listening to this, you can also get 20% off an order anytime uh, you check out at Master of Miniatures if you hang out at masterofminiatures.store, their Etsy shop. At the checkout, all you have to put in is the code, hold on, let me get it, ESH Q20. Again, ESH Q20 at checkout, and you get 20% off uh, your order of Master of Miniatures minis which are, 
again, primed, detailed, pre-assembled, and ready for painting, or to be ignored if you're not gonna paint them in the first place. So awesome. Also check out episode 10 for their, that whole story. Their, their, uh, their story is wonderful, and I relate to it a lot. Anyway, on with the show! I don't have a theme song yet. Remind me to fix it in post. Today on Blunt and Honest Weaponry, you can't rely on motivation. Which sounds contrarian because I am a big component on excitement and pushing enthusiasm and, and uh, inspiration. The whole point of the guests that I chat with on the podcast is that I love hearing they inspire me and we talk about inspiration and I believe it's contagious and inspires you. So I know it sounds backwards. I do believe that inspiration and motivation are powerful tools for aiding you in your journeys. The thing is, it's not the sustainable part of what makes something go from a planned to an action stage or even from an action to a complete, completed stage. The further along you are in an idea, a project, um, a muse-filled artistic concept, the harder it is, uh, the further it removes itself from that initial motivation and the harder it gets to keep working on. So seeing something all the way through to the end means that you're doing it even when you don't want to. You might not do it as often, you might not do it as well, but you're doing it in a manner that's closer to work, that is uncomfortable, that brings you a little more strife than you probably want. Now, if it's not something that's paying for uh, your roof or you have food in your mouth, um, you have more leeway to be like, can't do it today. But you have to keep in mind that that also means it won't be done tomorrow. And tomorrow never arrives. The only way that you complete what you want to complete is by making sure something is done today. And then you'll wake up on another day and you realize you complete something today and you're getting closer to completing it. And so at some point through the process, it will be completed and along the way, you'll have new and invigorated uh, bouts of uh, motivation. And then those parts will just swing through way more intensely and feel way easier. But you can't rely on it. You can't wait for it to hit all the time. Uh, you can't wait to be the, the factor that is going to change your life. Um, you can let it lift you up. Ride the wave of motivation and inspiration. <clears throat> let what's inspiring you from anything else power you with that energy to do things uh, that need to be done to see what you want to see, see happen. But at the end of the day, when the motivation fades, even if it's uh, not as good or not as sparkly, that work still needs to be there. The, the, and the purpose that you feel when the work you're doing is for something that you're, you're personally driven from is so invigorating that down the road, not right away, down the road, it is gonna help with your mental and emotional health as well. I apologize for the lecture. I don't always like being the bad guy, even though I make people exercise, sometimes it feels like torture. But the blunt and honest weaponry of today is you can't rely on motivation. It can spark you, it can lift you up, but the spaces in between, when you do it when you don't want to and, and, and you, you get a hundred words instead of a thousand, 
when you give yourself the opportunity even though you're tired or hungry because that's what motivation can swing through in the span of 10 minutes because your blood sugar drops or because someone said something to you funny so you have getting to the getting to the finish line getting to the i did the thing this feels good requires the uncomfortable state of doing it outside of being motivated hey real quick before we get to the conversation with the guest today i just want to remind you that mission quest an exercise infused ttrpg is actually a real thing i'm this is not pretend this is not a, a, a not one of my wonderful jokes mission quest is a real thing it is a subscription-based digitally run role-playing game where bodyweight exercises are used in conjunction with and instead of dice rolls. You still have your roleplay, you still have your storytelling, you still have your gameplay, you still have your uh, consequence and roars of laughter and crosstalk along the table like you would with any digitally run tabletop roleplaying game. Except that ever so often you may have to do a couple push-ups or the version of a push-up that you are comfortable and capable of doing because everything is meant to be approachable and relatable for your level of exercise movement and comfort level. It blends together the social accountability of a tabletop, uh, the uh, vigorous childlike screaming of recess, um, and the chaos of trying to derail the DM, which is me. It's a good time. And secretly, you also uh, get an exercise program along the way because we play it once a month and in that subscription you also get to build your character and your character is built by uh, being active in everyday life either through pre-prescribed workouts that help you get better at your uh, skills checks or by uh, running physical chores being more active than you're used to doing or doing workouts on your own these all attribute to your character sheet that gets spread out amongst your points and come game day meaning you get bonuses and uh, help um, when battling all the monsters and trying to save pop culture as we know it. If you're interested at all, visit everydaysuperhotraining.com or just message me because I have all the answers about Mission Quest. Uh, it is a lot of fun. It is only $10 a month, but your first month is free, completely free. So if you want to try the process, uh, before having to commit anything, you have a whole month to do so. You're guaranteed to learn how to make your character and play at least one game before you have to decide whether or not it's something you want to commit $10 to. That's all. Thank you. Today, my guest is the crew from Nerds.Web, a three-person homebrew D&D podcast that is just a delight uh, to listen to. Um, we kind of get into some behind the scenes and break down uh, how they do things and why they do the things they do. We also ran into some, we I ran into some technical difficulties. Um, if you're listening to this, you won't tell, be able to tell the difference, um, but the video process got shortened somehow and corrupted and I feel really bad about it. Um, so there is no video. Um, there's a title card in place, so you know who we're talking about um, if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, and I apologize for that. Um, but the chat was still a lot of fun. I really enjoyed getting to know them. And 
um, fanboyed out really hard. So if there's a lot of inside jokes that you don't know, that's probably why. Because I love their pot, uh, their show, and I just geeked out about it for about an hour straight. Um, hopefully you enjoy it, and um, it either makes you want to watch their show, um, or just you have a, a good couple chuckles hearing about it. If you can so <laughs> kindly, as the first uh, round table, uh, uh, sorry, All rectangle right. table uh, of, <laughs> of us, uh, of, of my podcast ever. Um, can you introduce who you are and how we know each other? Sure. So I'll go first. So I'm Oliver. I play Magnus on our podcast. If you listen to that, uh, I also do all the tech and the edity stuff. Um, knowing each other, we've known each other for years. We know each other. From, me and Danny have known each other from school. Uh, you two briefly worked and lived together, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm over to you. Uh, yeah. I'm Danny. I play Jack in the podcast. Um, I bring nothing useful to the group other than that. <laughs> this is also, you know, here's Cabin. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. Cabin. So this that's this, this was me, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm Matt, I'm the DM, and I am I play, you know, like all the other characters and all the silly voices. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, that's how you guys met. How did we meet? How did, uh, well, um, <laughs> you tried to win us on Twitter, didn't you? We did. Uh, you, I think you listened to some of our earlier episodes and you were one of the first people to really give us some feedback and it was positive, which was nice. Um, much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> since then we've just, uh, yeah, we've chatted back and forth on Twitter quite a bit. We have. That's very true. And uh, now that this is on the record, I'm going to say it took you a long time to follow me back. No, I'm kidding. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, he's got that written down. <laughs> He's got it on his calendar. <laughs> Crossing off the days until we follow back. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I remember it. Um, I don't even... Because I found you guys before I was participating in, like, the community events online. Unlike okay. during different times of the week. I don't know what thread of what I found you in that... that uh, but it, it was uh, magic. I'm going to say it was destiny. There we go. <laughs> okay. well, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That would be interesting to know, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, just to get this out of the way, the name <laughs> is nerds.wave. Wav. Yeah. As in yeah. the file format. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Uh, I didn't know and still don't know if that was a joke on purpose. Or like you went to upload the file and that's what it was named as and you just went, that guy's what we're calling him now. Oh no, he's rumbled us. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, we took a long time. We've had loads of names. That was just the one that sort of stuck, but it, it was a joke on purpose. Okay, which is cool. That was, I figured it was about a 50-50 chance. <laughs> Being a, a sound tech nerd, it's kind yeah. of, yeah, it was mm. part of the course. Awesome. Um, and I don't know if you've introduced it or not, but uh, you guys are part of an actual play homebrew D and D podcast. We are, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, which is why of... we're chatting. And there's a D and D and D screen on the table right now. Yep, set dressing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, always yeah. like this. It's always this. Neat. This is the table. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, definitely doesn't have a pizza box in the middle normally. <laughs> awesome. That's so. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm. Um, I said this right before I actually made it go on air, but I'm going to butter you guys up because you guys are my favorite actual play, um, whether it's live or listened. Um, and I, 
I think I don't know if we've talked about this back and forth, but in my praise of your podcast that I've, that I've been on, uh, uh, I feel consistent about. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I the thing that drew it drew me to, outside of the the world. We can get, we can get into that. Uh, was the uh, I've from a storytelling perspective always liked the idea of a more intimate table. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The not just for streaming uh, or or podcast, but from a getting the most out of the experience per person. Um, I kind of like I've played in groups with ten people and with eight people mm-hmm. and with Good and it's, <laughs> it's I listen. I DM'd a twelve person uh, princess one shot. Uh, right, you're braver than yeah. us. That's, that's, too much. that's madness. I think the most I've ever done is eight, and that was chaos. That was so I can't imagine yeah. how that. <laughs> that 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 the thing that always catches my eye is uh, so much of. I feel the gameplay is tied into the battle or initiative when you're playing D and D. But the more people you have in in initiative, the more dead space you have with people zoning out before it's their turn again. And it's not their fault. Like if I have to wait two minutes for for, per person for five other people to remember their spells real quick and RP (laughs) and then select something, I'm going to forget what I thought I was going to do by the time it's my turn again. Uh, I I think that's two minutes is generous, honestly. (laughs) We've had experiences where, you know, we've gone to uh, local gaming nights and I got one round all night yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that was a particularly bad example yeah. Yeah. That's not, i'm not gonna go too far into that one but yeah that was a not a fun experience right um and i i come from uh i really enjoy uh dnd and, and tabletop because i view it as a mix of things i've separately grown to love um i'm i really love storytelling i love performance and i love uh comedy and improv um and it even though there's no like audience that I'm performing to, like the people you're playing with are both like the people you're joking with and writing the story with and the audience for the parts that are happening. And that mix of stuff was, was beautiful to me. Uh, but it's the, um, the narrative and the story writing or storytelling gets lost amongst bigger groups because you, the, it's fun to have crosstalk and hang out and like each hitter is some fun stuff. Uh, but that also means that uh, that's less time spent like being in your character or like have, interacting within the world. Um, so yeah, I was really, really, I was looking for examples of ways to like point at something and go, look, it doesn't have to be six and seven people around the table. This is a thing. Uh, and I had watched like a, a tutorial video or a argument video on like how to do one-on-one as like one player <laughs> and, and a DM as a way of, of um, wanting to play and not being able to find a group, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, We've all been there. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then in that wave of thought process that I found your podcast, I went, this is three people. This is amazing. This is exactly, this is the, this is beautiful. Uh, and it, it's, in, I, I could be wrong, but I, my understanding is that you record bigger chunks of sessions and then split them up. Is that... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we generally record them as we know that that's a session. Like when we're getting sort of, what I'd say between forty and minutes in an hour. Yeah. At some, we go. If there's a point, we naturally we go. Oh, that was a big moment. We'll yeah. go right. We'll end up there, and we'll 
then we'll normally go grab a drink or whatever and then we'll sit down and, and keep start going. the next one but yeah. we'll we'll do i think we've done five as a maximum in one sitting yeah we, yeah. we try and do two and we do it every fortnight depends oh. what sort of if we're on a roll if we're really in the flow with it and they're coming out great then we'll keep going until we sort of can't do anymore right yeah we've struggled with um doing a combat having to end it because it was getting late and coming back like a month later going we don't remember any of this luckily we've got a nice record of what we did so we have to sit back and listen to what we did and then right. pick it up my, my note taking is kind of abysmal during sessions there, well there's so much going on yeah, yeah. Like, but I, t- I do tend to have in my notes like where the like the aha moments are the cliffhangers and i'm like i know i'm working towards that and you kind of keep an eye on the clock and you're like yeah we can we can roll this out a bit more mm. maybe 10 more minutes of role play i can get that out of you guys or yeah let's not start the combat yet let's make that the oh something's happened at the end of the episode and then cue the music yeah i think we've, <laughs> we've been i don't know if it's luck or we've got good at trying to make it as natural as possible right we're trying to not force it yeah um We've, we had one very recently that was just like, yeah, let's end that because we've, yeah. we've said something that's just like, that's, that's dumb. Let's just end that. <laughs> yep, <I'll do> it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, with with your A, your episodes being 45 to 50 minutes each uh, means it's more approachable for someone who's uh, finding it for the first time. So kudos to that. But also um, in those 45 minutes, because it's such a more intimate table, um, you you guys accomplish in those four to five minutes what like two and a half hours or three hours of a larger cast can accomplish. Um, yeah, because oh, you definitely breaking <laughs> breaking character doesn't take you as far away from from the game or the story. Um, and I, maybe this is just also how you play, but like I have a feeling that a lot of uh, your personality and your characters uh, don't don't veer too far from each other <laughs> so there's a so like there's times where i have to work out whether matt's angered me or magnus so yeah. i can't quite tell right uh, so so those the those things combined mean that um uh after four to five minutes you've you've uh, traversed new land ran through traps rp uh done combat and uh the story has progressed greatly in those four to five minutes and that was that is why uh, I am such a big fan of it. Um, I also think you guys do a really good job of blending. Maybe this again is how your play style, but um, your um, your you do a really good job of thinking out loud. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot of people um, know that like yes and is like the ideal concept of improv. Um, uh, shortly after that is uh, when when the skit falls silent, everyone tunes out. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if you don't know what's happening and you don't know when the other person is going to speak and no one knows what to say, uh, if in your head you're trying to think of something, that's words like being said out loud that the audience then gets to hear. That means the narrative never dies. Which is yeah. more of an, uh, an audience thing than it is g- gameplay thing. Uh, but all three of you do a really good job of complaining and arguing, and, which <laughs> you would think yeah, would throw it off, but it keeps it. Uh, it means that there's no dead space, and I, I'm sure you, you edit it. But like the uh, there's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot more engrossing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think where we do yeah. a lot of it in jest as well, it kind of like it just keeps the flow going. Yeah, yeah that's or, it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's all. I think it's also we've known each other for quite a long time. We're all very comfortable with each other. We don't mind. We don't care if one of us says something and it's stupid. Yeah, we we know that the others. Are you mean just... you mean when when someone says oh, yes <laughs> the inevitability yeah. normally every other sentence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it. I know it is edited, but it that is the natural conversation like yeah we're cutting right. a big chunk of it most of it is just how it's happened i'd say most edits are actually pauses when we're setting up a narrative or if I, sometimes if we're laughing amongst ourselves it will go on too long yeah. and we'll, we'll <laughs> trim we'll trim that down or if some there's a lot of jokes that we cut out because they're in jokes and we go you know what no one else is going to enjoy this right they don't get it this is between us we enjoyed it at the time and it kept our energy up but we'll just take that out yeah, yeah. And as well, going back to the um, what you're saying about the episode being between 45 and 50 minutes, I mean, that was a conscious decision when we first started Definitely. the podcast. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've tried watching and listening to Critical Role, and the episodes are so long, and I just struggle. So, oh, yeah. So... I, I don't expect to finish an episode when I start one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it takes so long to get through it, and it's kind of like, yeah, we, we went into it with a mindset of like, yeah, we want it in digestible chunks, that yeah, you can listen to on your way to work, yeah. on the train, or when you get home, or when you're like studying or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like you can be like, oh, bang that out. That was fun. Can't wait till next week. Yep. Yeah, I think that's also helped us play that way. Yeah. We know we know we've we know we have not got three hours. For yeah. This. We know that we mm-hmm. need to get right. We, let's press on. Let's get something happening. Yeah. yeah. Drive the plot forward. Yeah. Because I mean, going in the uh, the first couple of episodes, the the notes I'd written for like the whole in Manaheim first bit. I was like, that'll take him like 10 sessions. Oh, we're done. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. We had the title of like, because the season one we've titled the Manaheim Noir based on that Manaheim, that original city. Because we thought we were going to be there a bit longer than we were. But it was like, <laughs> no, we're, we're gone. We're out. That's it. But that's just D&D as well sometimes. Yeah, well, that's it. Again, like what you're saying, it's, it's very improv heavy, our games anyway. Yeah. As much as I like to make notes and plan, I am fully prepared for that to just be put to the side and never used because... Sometimes it will just be a tangent or a funny thing that you've said that mm. added on, and we're like, you know what? Yeah, we're going with that. Notes <laughs> <laughs> out the window. <laughs> how, how many times has, have, uh, uh, has one of you uh, playing uh, made a joke about the name of, of a monster, and then uh, it becomes canon? Is it every oh, time? It's yeah. every time, isn't I, it? I would it's say like almost time. every time. Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> pretty much every npc name as well except the ones i actually <laughs> <laughs> i was uh sorry for spoilers i was a big fan of the b holder that was very nice i love a pun so yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i also I just that. really loved buster as a character when you were first that kind of yeah. and i was like, I need I'm to find a way to <laughs> allergic to these people yeah. <laughs> had to bring him back yeah. oh dear awesome. poor buster that's so cool. Uh, what? So where did this all start for you guys? What? What? I mean, I know why I got into doing a podcast, but what? Uh, do you? Do you also play outside of the games you record? Um, yeah. Oh, you do? all the time. Okay. <laughs> yep. It all started back in three point five. <laughs> oh no! But go on. <laughs> um, I mean, I started playing at school, um, and then. Me and Matt had a couple of campaigns when we lived together. Um, That's how we first started hanging out. Actually. Yeah, it was. We, we worked together in a bakery. That and was we, it. Um, found out we both liked <clears throat> D&D, so I used to start going around Dan's to play a little bit. 
and then we got to be friends and then we moved in together because we mm-hmm. both needed somewhere to live and then yeah it was D all the time oh yeah uh, i like, like it, 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 was, it was play D and then become friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was good and then we've kind of yeah um we got to a point where we were kind of hankering for a game again and we'd started playing some other games and then oliver had the idea that he's like we should make this a thing other people should hear this because yeah. it is mm. hilarious i've always right. kind of been on the lookout for a podcast project of some description anyway it's just mm. something i want to do like as a, as a creative project and like as i said i'm into that sort of techie sound side of stuff um you'd appeared on someone else's hadn't you i had yeah, yeah. i'd guested on um the harley and josh show um where they wanted to do something that was a bit like an adventure like D, but um where they're musicians it was um they wanted something a little bit out there and different and we kind of just figured out a way we, i think we used the rysis system yeah. um and we just kind of i did a one shot for them which was really fun to do it was good and yeah you should check that out as well yeah, <laughs> yeah and from that we thought actually do you know what, should we see if we can do this as a as a full campaign you know awesome and it is it is the, the campaign is based on 5e right yes, yes. It's 5e, okay yeah. that's what that Cool. Yeah, we we do play a little bit fast and loose with some of the rules, but I'm I'm a big proponent of rule of cool, and as long as we're all having fun, it yeah. doesn't matter what's the, happening. Yeah, the the rules are a framework. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the beauty of five E is it really does give you that freedom because it's it's so straightforward. It is. You don't I... need to look. It's not like Pathfinder where you've got to look up. Oh, have I got twenty different bonuses to my attack roll? It's just am I disadvantage or not? Yeah, <laughs> that's not to say we don't enjoy those. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah. You know, we we play Pathfinder and we've we've got mm. some um, we've got some other games back here that we've we've actually been sent some games from a company to try out. So we're going to oh, nice. another TT. Look at you being all high and mighty. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I blacked that one. I don't know how it happened. But I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> it it probably the same way that I found you guys in the first place. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So I think what we got sent the the Witcher and Cyberpunk Red, so we're going to mm-hmm. try those. And um, we've also got the Expanse one, uh, which yeah. is based on the I can't remember what the name of the, the system TV is now. Show? What's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. One, yeah. Yeah, but there's but it's based off an existing uh, TTRPG. So that looks really good. It's got loads of um, ship combat stuff in it. So oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Hopefully better than the Starfinder ship combat. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a little <laughs> We've got to be careful. See, see don't, don't say that. Though. If, yeah, I was going to say, if they want to send us a load of... <laughs> Change our minds. I mean, to be fair, Pathfinder 2nd Edition is a lot better. Yeah, I yeah. enjoyed it when we played yeah, it. I, I, I enjoyed just, it. It's just a lot to remember. I, yeah. I, to be fair, I don't, I don't think I've played a system and not enjoyed it. It just sometimes you have to learn to play mm. differently to how you're expecting to play yeah. i don't think there's any system that we haven't played and thought i wish it had this from this other system oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could, yeah you're never gonna have everything you want in one neat little package with a bow no i think i think that's why with 5e because it's so loose we can just pull in or throw out bits yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 which means it's, it's good for the podcast because we can keep the flow of the game going without looking up the very specific rule that we need because <laughs> that rules on it and then we just carry on yeah yeah i think a good example of that actually is um i don't know if you remember recently we had an episode that had a, a horse and cart chase in it yes i remember <laughs> kept... that greatly that was a good... <laughs> but, but the fact that we did the chase actions in initiative just we just sort of naturally fell into that it just worked really mm. well yeah, I it was really that fun was probably my favorite episode of Rick yeah I re- to, to play that, as a player yeah. that was so fun that <laughs> yeah. was awesome yeah <laughs> yeah 
yeah, I uh, I agree. I um, I I default to Five E mostly because it's readily accessible for players, uh, like yeah. to to it's uh, to have played or to jump in with. Even though there are games that might be easier to learn, um, and as much as I'll, I'm learning about other systems and and. The more I learn about like what type of story I'm telling, I'll, in the future I'll probably learn to like match a system with the type of story that I want to tell, um, or the type of gameplay I want to have. Uh, but I tend to think of an idea or a concept and then uh, find what I need from D and D to make that story exist. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a good way to do. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we we play we we say it's a homebrew rules We're, yeah just so mm. people don't come after us and go actually i think you'll find on page 172 i mean i wouldn't mind if they did because the engagement would be nice. yeah that's exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i've played games in the past where i've been quite rigid with the rules and it depending on the table that works well because i mean like me and Dan can be quite min-maxy when we want to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, if you're at a table with all people doing that, then that's still really fun. Um, mm -hmm. As long as everyone's on the same page, I don't think there's any wrong way to play. No, no, really. I don't. No. I think it helps to have a couple of people like that in a party anyway. Yeah. Because if it's a difficult encounter, then you know there's going to be someone there that's proper munchkin their character that can sort of carry you through. <laughs> <laughs> Even if everyone else is playing like half-orc bards. Or whatever. Wow, that was a personal attack. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> awesome. Cool. What um what made you want did you did was it always supposed to be three people? Was it just you three? Was there other in, in uh were there other people that you fired? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Um about twenty or thirty yeah. applicants. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually a Hollywood production. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think the, we originally said, let's, let's start with the three of us because we've got the chemistry and we know each other well enough and we want to do it. Mm -hmm. And if we come across someone else that would fit in and also the other thing's the commitment. Yeah. You know, we, we don't want to bring someone in and then get 40 episodes in just for them to go, I don't want to do that anymore. And then we've got to work around it. That makes sense. Also scheduling. Scheduling of three people, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all working for a living outside of this, so... Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, scheduling a normal game with yeah. four or five upwards people is just... It can be really difficult. You're all adults, you all have lives. I yeah. mean, if you're playing with 12 people, I don't know how you managed to find a time to do it that. It was a one-shot, <laughs> and it was a birthday party. That's how. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so You called them in with the birthday cake, I see. <laughs> Everyone's opening up party bags like, well, I've we got a set of poly dice in here. Yep, exactly. That's how. But I, I, don't, I don't think we're ruling against it if we ever run into someone that's got the right chemistry and yeah. that we'd add them. Um, we just, we, yeah. I think we were worried at first that this would, wouldn't be enough. Yeah. But it's just worked out really well. And it's like, actually, do you know what? We're plowing through this. We're enjoying it. It's, it we, we think it's good to listen to. But yeah. it can that, be that's, and... that's important. It's, um, uh, I mean, a lot of people hate the sound of their own voice, um, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. But um, it's important that a you you're feeling yourself enjoying the process of doing it, um, because mm. that whether you realize it or not, that that comes through a lot, and that is something oh, that um, um, I have seen lacking around tables. I've seen I have seen um, yeah not, not tables sorry streams people that are letting other people see their games. Um, 
there is a a, a strong um, um, par, uh, paralysis by analysis around in a lot of streams. Right. Mm -hmm. um, which I again I also I'm I'm clearly biased, but I think it comes from the larger groups. I think <laughs> there's yeah, I, I, especially like you know. You've got to be careful not to talk. If you're, if you, the second you've got recording or a stream involved, you're, you've got that conscious. I'm going to try not to talk over people. I'm going to try and let everyone have their moment. Mm -hmm. But mm. the bigger that group gets, the more complicated that gets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially and, with with an audience in mind, you kind of you want everyone to have their turn, have their voice, have their moment. Which sometimes, if you're playing a home game, you won't get. And like some weeks when we play our home game. I might be quite quiet the whole time and yeah, yeah, I might yeah. Just, you know, also, oh, sometimes punch your stuff. Sometimes you're tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I just want to sit back and let it happen. That's yeah. it. Sometimes it's you're there just for the social experience. I think we, we definitely put that conscious effort in when it's time for the podcast that yeah. we sort of yeah. Yeah, yeah. get ourselves yeah, a bit, get to keep the energy. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, you do perform because it is a performance. It really. is. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. you do play differently in that way. But, um, it, it's just one of those things that you learn to do and yeah. yeah i think we do it very naturally now definitely yeah. it took us a while to get into it oh yeah the yeah. first <laughs> few episodes like you can tell that it was in fact actually i think the, the first episode recorded twice yeah the first yes, time we was, did it yeah. through so oh, the you didn't hit record i do this for a living you know people might fire me um we, we overwrit some stuff but, but to be honest it was it was weak anyway mm. and from the start, the first episode was pr the closest you'd call scripted. Like, yeah. we knew where we wanted to end yeah. on the first episode, and then we were like, we'll take that as a point to go from there. I think we sat for about 15 minutes beforehand and discussed what we were gonna, what our opening was gonna be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we haven't done that for any other episodes. Yeah. It's always just been straight <laughs> we in. We're, we're playing a game. Sack that off because we were like, that's, it just doesn't yeah. feel natural. That's not us. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, uh, how much of the world is uh, created? Uh, you can't see where I'm pointing. You're the DM. Uh, how much of it? Yep, yep. Uh, is <laughs> your uh, the uh, YouTube playing in contribution? Um, was it a world you already had in your head, or was it specifically designed for this this uh, podcast? It was. It was designed when we said we were going to start a podcast. I was like, okay, I'm just I'm going to start getting ideas on paper, and it was like blank slate. Um, and I had an idea of my mind of kind of the, like an almost novelization of like where I'd like the story to go mm -hmm. and where I'd like it to end. Um, and I kind of just riffed off of other things and chats we'd had. Um, I mean, these guys aren't privy to a lot of it. And to be honest, a lot of it, I don't think will ever really make it into the podcast because no. it's not, mm. you know, sometimes it just doesn't get interacted with. Right. But it's one of those things <laughs> where... Um, yeah, maybe I've got plot point one, two, three, four, and five um, plotted out. And as soon as we started, uh, the conversations or the way the game was going, it was like, change that, move that here. Mm. Okay, we're going to add that in. And it kind of just becomes a, like a web of like a mishmash of everybody's ideas because... Well, for a start, I like to steal heavily. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, pay say, homage. Homage, yeah. yes. Um, to, yeah, because... Everyone else has had better ideas than me. There's tons and tons of like content of TV shows, sci-fi, books, things like comics, all the things I love that you kind of you take an idea here and there and you're like, I love that, I want that. Yep. And then you guys, like, we're we're all great at doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why would I discount things that you've said and ideas that you've had? 
when I can just be like, that's great, that's going in. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to tell yeah. the difference in the end. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no one can see the blank sheet that I've got in front of me. You seem to hide your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the time the episode's out and edited, it sounds like you had that all written down and oh, planned yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I you just pretend I... that you did the entire time. Yeah, I'd say I would... Of an episode, I've planned maybe 60% of it. Um, and by that, I mean I have an episode planned and then I will scrap 50%, add 10%, <laughs> and kind of like, it just, yeah, it, you, you go where, where, where the, the conversation flows and where the, you naturally end up, because I don't want to kind of railroad you guys into doing something you don't want to do. There might be a plot point that I'll be like, I do want to hit that, so we'll find another way to get there. Try and, try and do it naturally. <laughs> yeah, I, I think also as players in the podcast, we know that you're trying to drive a plot. Yeah. I think we're, we're deliberately trying to not, as much as we can, occasionally it happens, <laughs> yeah. to not be a choose. Because we, we want to drive the story forward as well. Yeah. But I think part of that is kind of the fact that you've, you, you feed us those breadcrumbs to make us want to go there anyway. Yeah. So... And how much of it you just misremember stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, right. every time, yeah. all the time. Because, like, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say our continuity must be terrible. <laughs> There's someone somewhere that's making notes. <laughs> There's not a handkerchief in the prophecy of infinite futures. <laughs> hey, real quick. No, we're not done. We're only about halfway through the conversation with Nord that wave. Hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. Just a quick reminder: if you're enjoying this podcast, enjoy me. Uh, the content that I create, or I am recently in some version of interacting with you, uh, giving you light or help in some way that you would like to say thanks for, you can do so by donating to Buy Me Coffee. You can do this one of two ways. You can either go to buymecoffee.com slash esherocast and, and simply just, or on YouTube, click the link to the same thing. Or you can go to everydaysuperhertraining.com and click on the Buy Me Coffee banner under each of these episodes. There's no commitment required. There's no subscription. It's anytime you're motivated because of what you've listened or talked to me about. Anytime you're stricken with it. Wow, he did great. Um, maybe if that ever happens, you just do it once. Um, and you don't have to be a pigeonholed and trying to exercise more. So if you like... The general idea of what I'm constructing, but don't want me breathing down your neck about moving more or changing different things in your life. That is one way that you can say thanks. How how long as players did it take you to remember that you were returning to the farm? Well, um, I knew as soon as they left that I wanted them to go back there. Okay. At some point, um, mm. but it was again just where to fit it in because I kind of got like like three or four things that I wanted them to do. And I kind of like let it be organic about depending on which people they talked to and where they went and how they interacted with others. It was like, oh, now it naturally makes sense for them to like, say, go to the, uh, the gnome town of Tinkerdale and stuff like that. Like, there's a few things, places that could have gone, but because they didn't have the information or it would have been difficult for them to find it. I mean, it, yeah, it just evolves naturally. But um, yeah, definitely Carlos Farm Return was definitely on the cards from, from mm, the yeah. get-go. <laughs> yeah. so I think that first session we recorded those four episodes, which was like the bulk of the Carlos Farm stuff. And that, right. that, we were like, that was good. I liked mm. that. That, was, like, that kind of 
established that, that this could work. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Like you said, well, you like you said yourself earlier, like um, the 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 spider cows was <laughs> yeah. um something that drew you in. <laughs> yeah. The the uh, it wasn't just that I am terrified of spiders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. sorry for that. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but it uh, the I like that the spider cows weren't the monsters we were fighting. Um, and they were milking. Uh, they were uh, a resource. <laughs> um, uh, I thought I, I found the uh, bee wasps to be terrifying and redundant. Like, why do they have to be part both? Why can't why can't it just be a bee or a wasp? Wasabi's. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was mostly because I couldn't find a stat block for a bee, but I could for a wasp. <laughs> that's totally uh, fair. Wasps don't make honey. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. That was, but that was... Um, uh, so I, I have this thing. I don't know if I've ever said this, said this publicly. I, um, I have a really hard time visualizing stuff in my imagination. Um, I rely on um, language and um, emotion to get the idea of what's being portrayed. Uh, uh, when when I learned about this, um, my my wife would be like, "But you listen to like sports on the radio. Like, what's going on in your head when when <laughs> when, when the announcers yelling where the ball is going? It's like chaos. Chaos is going on in my head. Like I I I don't see the ball being like passed back and forth. But like I know who the player's name is and like uh, what it means if the shot goes in. And you kind of hear the sound effects and the roar of the crowd. Uh, um, so if I'm Particularly if I'm not playing in the game, I have zero spatial awareness. Awareness because I don't know, like I don't know which direction I'm facing. Even if like you tell me this way is a hallway and this way is a door, I have no idea which way I'm facing at any given time in my imagination. Um, but that was the I think first. That's why we always stick to the left wall, <laughs> so, so we don't have to try and when when we're exploring somewhere, we always go for the. Oh, we stick to the left-hand wall, but that's just so we don't have to visualize where we're going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, that the spider cow description was the first time um, the words and the emotions you guys reacting to it gave me as close to a picture as I can have in my mind. Uh, and that's why it hooked me. Oh, cool. We're Next. sorry that that's the first thing that <laughs> yeah. broke through. <laughs> Well, I, like uh, before that, like so, uh, b before that, it was it was the um, the pace of play and the um, the pace of um, dialogue um, were what mm -hmm. were uh, keeping me enthralled um, because I find um, comedy is um, has a rhythm like music. Um, there's a not just a timing, but like uh, it's why. Um, movies with bad dialogue or writing can get away with it if the actors are performing their lines in the right speed or cadence, um, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Uh, oh, no, definitely. Uh, yeah. And so the, that was, uh, particularly with a show that has no visual reference because it's all audio, um, that was what uh, initially I was like, oh, this is great. This is This is... Uh, again, bias and personal preference, but uh, uh, this is exactly the type of rhythm for jokes and entertainment that my ears uh, prefer. And then he described a spider cow, and it's like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, that was again like a, a conscious effort on our behalf because we originally started trying with like minis and a map on the table for us to actually see it so we didn't have to visualize it ourselves and we found it was it kind of made everything fall flat we weren't describing what we were mm. doing and we were like well from an audio perspective that's not great because we're right. like, oh, i want to move there yeah obviously that's not going to really translate yeah. very well so yeah we kind of kept it as theater of the mind as we could um i might have like reference pictures up for us and stuff like that but um yeah mostly it's just so we do have that kind of the description of where and what we're doing and to be honest like with the combat it kind of is a bit up in the air because sometimes it'll be like oh i thought i was 10 feet away yeah yeah sure five yeah. Feet away. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you guys yeah, don't that's... actually use a um like when you're in initiative you don't use battle mats no nope. no nope. we, cool. we don't have no minis or anything i've just got my initiative tracker and a load of notes up and that's about it yep yeah so we did we did try it i think malmos keep malmos keep we yeah, tried we i actually made a actual grid dungeon mm. for that and um yeah when we listened back to it we were like mm, i don't know if like the full dungeon crawl really translates well no. to what we're trying to do we right. ended up cutting half of the dungeon didn't we yeah just mm. slicing it out of the map because <laughs> there's, there's nothing to explore there's no content there yeah i think as well with uh with you always following the left wall the way i designed the dungeon meant that you went through every empty room <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, there's a door to the outside on the left. We just kept going around in yeah. circles. <laughs> Those dungeons are not very interesting. Uh, what is your... What was it? The, I mean, this may be repetitive. Um, what was the idea behind recording the fact that you're playing versus simply playing? And what was what was the process for you guys getting up and recording? Uh, that's probably me being pushy. Uh, as I said, I, I kind of wanted a project, and we wanted a stable D and D game. Yeah. So the fact <laughs> that there's just this extra sort of I don't, pressure's not the right word. I don't think Impetus. accountability. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does help us go. Well, this is the longest running D and D session I think any of us have ever played. Yeah. Except Bronco. It, oh yeah, that yeah. was oh back in the good old days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, you know, I think is something a lot of people can relate to. Um, groups peter out. I've I have only finished two campaigns. Uh, one ran for two years. Um, I think it was two years. Um, and there was plot plans for a, a follow up to that campaign, but we moved, um, so that died. And then there was one before we moved that we started knowing we we're moving and we just wanted to have completed a campaign before we moved <laughs> uh, but outside of that like i i didn't get to level eight until um we started a campaign at level eight like that was, oh wow it was always <laughs> level 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 six was the bane of my existence yeah six and seven is generally where i end up getting so to with games we're eight now aren't You're, we yeah you guys yeah, which yeah. I, is the highest i've ever got to yeah, it's man. the first time i've ever actually gotten to cast fireball in dd <laughs> which is what happens all the time that's hilarious but yeah what? i think the longest running we had was i've never finished an adventure i don't think oh, they always, something they, always happens yeah because we we were doing um a starfinder one uh, mm -hmm. me and dan and some other people uh where we were on the last book and we were very close to the end and then the pandemic happened yep. <laughs> right so that kind of just petered out we tried playing online but that's uh, not got the same energy yeah it's it doesn't not, really work it is, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think our, our play style and our group kind of uh, works with that kind of interaction. We definitely prefer being in mm. person and having that kind of, or the social and the, you know, bouncing off of each other is a lot easier when you're physically in a room together. Oh, totally. yeah, it's there. a lot easier to read uh, body language. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's part of the inspiration for you having this as a space, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so let's talk about that. This is so exciting. <laughs> I, I, uh, I reached out in like December, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, when I, because I was, I tend to uh, try to send my book months ahead of time. Um, uh, and I, uh, you had finally followed me back on Twitter so we could talk. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, um, I was just, yeah, I'm, I was just really inspired, uh, uh, by, by the show and, and, uh, what you guys were producing. Um, but right away you're like, we're actually working on, on this thing and we're going to, we, uh, we're going to be busy with that for a while. So we, yeah. that's why it took so long, but, uh, let's talk about the space yeah. and that, like what, 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 um, for people who are, who are, uh, aspiring or looking for, for ways of, uh, diving headfirst into projects i think building a little studio on your yard is probably as far in as you can go so yeah 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 i think if anyone wants to do it for themselves get your budget in mind and then just <laughs> double it <laughs> oh are you are you learning what you what you did wrong is that was that what you're saying oh <laughs> oh yes so many things yeah <laughs> yeah it's, um yeah there were um this is the biggest that we could get without getting uh planning permission Oh, fair. So, yeah, um, but it's still fairly sizable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it comes across on camera, but it's, it is a fairly sizable yeah, space. It's a, a big, big is space. It, what, what is it? Five? It's five meters that way. It's, yeah, it's five by three. Five by three. Yeah. Um, the table's two and a half by one point three, so it takes up a fair chunk of the room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, there's. We were in my kitchen, um, which was a bit cramped and set like it was quite difficult to get the sound because it was very roomy. Yeah, in there. I'm hoping that in here it's going to sound a lot cleaner than mm. it has done and the wife was getting very upset at all the things being left out on the table between <laughs> sessions <laughs> well you could just put it away um yeah <laughs> <laughs> i say knowing that i would not i'm just I mean, when, when you've got a campaign on a wednesday night you've got one every other friday and then your podcast recording every other sunday you sort of think well i might as well just leave it on the table <laughs> <laughs> i'm, so, listen, I'm, I'm gonna roll place. around the mud again why do i need a shower <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's just having that dedicated space, and it's going to be extra storage, and you know, it's just going to be real good for the whole project going forward because we can use it to stream and sort of things yeah. like this, and yeah. So, uh, uh, in like two months, when you guys have a fight and break up, who gets it? Well, Me. it's on his land. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's my house. <laughs> I have already said I would like to move in and pay you rent. Yeah. Well, as Oliver's just gone through the floor, then it's probably gone down a little. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we had a slight incident just before recording. I, I walked over here and there was a bang sound. So we're not, we're not quite sure what's happened there. Something a bang sound? Something. Yeah, I think a, a floorboard may have gone. I mean, oh, yeah. good not, start. Not great good start. Ego, honestly. It's okay. It's fine. It's only happened right at the end of the project. So what? What? Um... Obviously, I, you mentioned the um, cramp space and sound and stuff. Um, how long into it were, were you like, A, we're gonna, this is enough fun to know you're doing it indefinitely? Like sometimes, again, campaigns, things, projects end, but 
Like you don't you don't do like one episode, walk away and go, I'm gonna invest building shit on my property. <laughs> uh, there has to be like a curve there, right? Like what was what was that curve for you guys? When when did when did it click that this is not only is this fun, but like there's there's areas to take it. I think you wanted this space anyway, didn't I you? I did, yeah. yeah. I wanted the space for gaming. Well, it's that's just a... cheating. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's just kind of a coincidence that it happened to be with the podcast. But okay. I mean, I was I was straight in buying another mic after like the second recording yeah. session, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, because we had um, one of these. Yeah. And then we bought another two just so we all had matching. <laughs> nice. But they sound great. For the, for the audio great, yeah. production. That no one can What's see. What's that? Sorry. Hmm. What's that? Sorry. Oh, having uh, having matching mics that no one can see. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> they, they sound the same. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. probably only me that's hearing that, but it keeps <laughs> me sane. Um, yeah. I was gonna say. I, I think it definitely it started feeling real and like an actual. Yes, we are properly doing this, and we kind of had a recording session, and we went. This is six months. We've done this for six months. This yeah. Is like. You know, thirty episodes have come out, or whatever it is. Thirty-six. Yeah, oh, I think God, I still need right. to edit you, before you Sunday. Yep. Weekly, because you're normal and I'm not. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of it was eye-opening because it it feels like it has been weeks. Honestly, yeah, sometimes. it's flown by. Yeah, 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 definitely. So it was around around. Was it um, was it the manner of performance and and creativity that was like, yeah, let's keep doing this, or was was there any? critical feedback that felt like you had hit on something or or yeah i, I don't think so because I, I still think we we haven't got a huge listener base no not at all like we're no. under no delusions of that yeah we we try to object it, obviously it's hard to be objective but yeah. as objectively as we can it is a product i enjoy listening to mm-hmm. like that makes obviously sense. Uh, to a certain point i mean with recording it and editing it each week and then checking it i probably have oh, about God. eight hours a week of just listening to my own voice that that can be numbing yeah it, when you're editing yeah. that same like 10 second section for like 20 minutes yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but despite that i'm still going yeah i, I enjoy this this is fun to listen mm. to we're mm. still yet to have any negative feedback and I, I i wouldn't mind some i would like criticism yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Um, I, i've talked about that a number of times um i my my least favorite thing about the podcast is that it exists in a vacuum. So I, uh, and I can't like, and my episodes are like two hours each and only once a month. So I can't just like refresh every five minutes to see like who's listened to it. Cause I'll kill myself. <laughs> like that's not a good healthy relationship to have with it. Uh, I've stopped looking at the numbers for the most part. I yeah. think we just need to keep, if we keep doing what we're doing at the right quality, mm. uh, I think we definitely need to market ourselves better. I don't think that's something we're great at. Yeah. Um, the, pro- the problem is skill sets between us. We've got Matt is great at the writing side. Danny is really great at mechanics. I can do all the techie stuff, but none of us can draw. Yeah, oh, that's no. a problem. We need an artist. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Draw as in like sketch art or draw as in bring yeah. people in? Yeah, because it's quite hard to market an audio product. Because people just want to see flashy images, and that, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that would help. But I think we, we need to look into a way of consistently marketing. Because sometimes we'll post oh, our new episodes out. Sometimes we won't. It, 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 that, I think if we improve on that and keep our quality up, mm-hmm. we can definitely gain a listener base. Yeah. Um, 
we just need to actually do it. But this this pro- this cabin has been a big distraction. For <laughs> yeah, a while. yeah, it really. Think, has. And, and I would say a worthy one. That's, that that I think it's yeah. fair. Yeah. Once yeah. it's done, done. We'll there's going to be a big post on all platforms, and we'll be there'll be pictures and all sorts. Of, so that hopefully will be the jumping off point, and then we can really start to focus and push it hard because we've got that much content now that mm-hmm. you've people can jump in and listen to as much as they want and still have a fair whack to get through before yeah. anything new comes out. Uh, yeah, has there say, been... Oh, sorry, what? I would say on the on the um, subject of like criticism and like feedback, personally, I think we all suffer quite a bit from like um, in, in, like imposter syndrome. Oh, no, I'm oh, perfect. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's perfect. Um, but yeah, I think we're always going to be our biggest, our own biggest critics. Mm. Um I personally never feel like it's good enough. And then I listen back and I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. I could have done that differently. Mm-hmm. Especially with like committing to like voices and going like really heavy on the RP and stuff yeah. like that. Because it feels so hammy in the moment to do it. But when you listen back, it is kind of like, that's that was at least funny. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's there's a lot of value in that because it's very honest D&D. Yeah. When, yeah. Like, when like with Critical Role, they're all voice actors. They do it professionally. It's very, very good, very well produced. But most people's experience of D and D is going to be their DM does a hammy accent, and it's hilarious <laughs> and falls out of character. Yeah, every five yep. yeah. I just think that's very relatable <laughs> to a lot for a lot of people. I com- yeah, I completely agree. I um yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, so the around years around the sixth months mark was was the oh this is this is something this is. This isn't just a weekend. We're digging further into this. Yeah, I, I've, I've got... I've, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I've got no feeling like I want to stop doing it at this point. If anything, I'm looking ahead going, right, what's season two going to be? Mm, Are yeah. we going to do some live stream one shots? Like, What's next? Mm-hmm. In addition to that, I think we want to get the main podcast to a point where it's running so automatically without it being sterile. I just mean like we are doing it. We get more efficient at making it that mm-hmm. we can start to right. branch out as well. I think I'm, now I'm, we I'm, could just. Oh, sorry, um, you go. Uh, yeah, but I think now we're at a point where we can just sit down on record day and it's like, it's just very natural. It just flows. We get it done. Mm. So I, I think we're probably very close now. We've got the space to be able to do things like that. That's awesome. Mm. Okay. Uh, how, what, uh, are you planning to <clears throat> operate in, um, in seasons? Is there, is there a point? Where you're like, oh, we reached this end of the end of this story, so we're going to stop for a little bit and then come back. I don't know if we'll stop. I think we might run straight into the next one. But oh, okay. um, we have discussed yeah. um, another season and what we would do when this one finishes. So there's definitely there's going to be something else, regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be more content. But um, I mean, there is, in my mind, narratively, there is a natural end to the story of what's being told with Jack and Magnus at the moment and what happens after that. I mean, we'll leave that up to when it happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're not sure if we want to reprise characters later on or retire characters or bring in, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what feels right. Who knows if you even survive that one. Yeah. There's been a few close calls. Very, Um, very close. Every every time, every time it's a close call. I, I don't think, I don't think, uh, there's been uh, an engagement that you've left going. That was easy. <laughs> but there was the there was the dragon in the book. 
That was remarkable. That's true. Easy, yeah. <laughs> we were like, yes, finally a drag. Oh, it's dead. Yeah, oh. that's surprising how quickly you got through that. But I, that is one of the things I would say is a slight curse of only having two players, is it makes trying to balance encounters as a DM quite difficult. Because mm. obviously it's normally four people is kind mm. of like the norm, the, the average. And with action economy, what it is, having only two people can make it very, very easy to just absolutely obliterate them. Because sometimes it is just like, oh, I've, there's a little encounter in here. And I'm just, I've got my head in my hands while recording because I'm like, this was supposed to be 10 minutes. You, you, how are you dying? <laughs> but, but I will argue that that also gives weight and consequence to the character's uh, story arcs, which is something that in higher, higher levels gets lost, I think, with players. Uh, yeah. I think there's, there is a, um, not just in a sense of, if I go unconscious, you can resurrect me way, but in a entering a fight and doing things you shouldn't be doing because you don't fear the consequence, I think, <laughs> uh, is something that, that I've heard a number of other DMs that I've talked to uh, discuss the, the idea that uh, we're, we're level, we're level uh, 12, 13, 15, and uh, there's just no, there's no terror in the player's eyes when they have a game. <laughs> Even though, like, the math says they should die in 10 minutes, they walk in and magically roll 20s, and they... Their, their hubris is growing stronger and stronger and there's no there's no terror and I think well, the, the yeah. bigger they are the harder they are. yeah but I think the other way uh, because the action and economy is between a smaller group um, I think it's doing the uh, opposite which is good I think it's um, the random pack of goblins is now deadly instead of instead of, uh, of reminder nuisance um, going back to the Malmos keep bit where um, Magnus actually does briefly die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was supposed to be a minor encounter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that actually opened up the door with the idea of um, the whole Shadow Plane Tinkerdale portion of the campaign was because I was like, oh, he's had that death experience. He's seen the other side. What can I do with that narratively to make that really interesting? Yeah. We can like riff off of that. So I think, that's as I was saying before, it's just like, you go where the where the story of what happens to the characters takes you. So it is like naturally evolving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, we, there, if we die, we die. We, yeah. That is in there. Like, yeah. we're, we're not, we're not going to continuously fake it. If it gets to the point where one of our characters dies, it will happen. Mm-hmm. We've just been lucky. And so funnily far. enough, that portion was uh, where you find Dorwin and it was like, oh, I want to introduce a cleric. Just in yeah. case there's a problem, and then you die before you <laughs> but, but I think that's partly on our fault from going right. Let's start a campaign. There's only two of us, so we're going to be lack- we're going to be lucky. Let's both pick squishy characters that can't heal and yeah. can't rest. I mean, to be fair, I've been bugging you for half plate for the entire campaign. <laughs> Maybe one day you need to keep sliding the snacks over the table. <laughs> I built you a house. What more do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a. Are are your um, characters multi-classed, or am I, am I making no. that up in my head? I'm making that up in my head. Uh, well, actually, when they're not, but you did give us some feats after Tinkerdale. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. been a lot of extra bits, but mm-hmm. I, I'd be interested to hear actually. What do you think the classes are from? If you think they're multi-class, uh, idiot one and idiot two. No, I'm kidding. I know. I so I know one uses spell slots and one doesn't specifically because of 
when you were um, wrestling the alligator and whenever you went, use your fucking spell slots. Which <laughs> Uh, which I, that is a hundred percent how I play. So that felt really good. But, um, so I know one of you has spells and one of you doesn't. What I didn't know was the type of spellcaster you, uh, you were, um, and whether or not like the non spellcaster was like a fighter, ranger, rogue mix. Like it did, I couldn't pinpoint cause there's all, or all three of those have very similar characteristics. Mm. And I didn't know that any one of them was defining how you were playing, playing it. Um, so I just know that one of you uh, doesn't do magic and one does. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, um, yeah. So I didn't know if like it was a sorcerer. Um, I didn't think it was a uh, a druid or a, um, a warlock, but uh, I wasn't sure if it was a sorcerer or a wizard. Um, no, or Jack's a wizard. because there's only two of you, if if it was like a uh, you're a rogue, but also you've studied magic books, like that was kind of where my head was going. Hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Jack's a wizard, so it's all book learning and uh, nerdy stuff to get my spells. Okay. Yeah, Mag Magnus is a swashbuckler rogue, which I don't think you see. That's not heavily played, I don't think. See, that's, yeah, where, I I, that's where I get the fighter from, I think. Mm, yeah, I, yeah. Th I think as well that's part of the, the, the characterization that you've gone for is kind of like he wades in. It's not like a typical yeah. roguey way to play. Right, and I know I know uh, you argue about sneak sneak attack a lot, so I didn't know you had some rogue <laughs> skills. Yeah, well, that's the the swashbuckler gives you um, basically more conditions in which you can use your sneak attack. Oh, okay. So that's essentially his. That's, that's one trick pony. Really. Yeah. Uh, so that's how we think it works, at least. That's yeah. We're not sure. I've probably I've probably cheated a lot. Um, no. Uh, okay, so I did not. No, I did. Uh, I did not specifically know that, but also. Uh, in no way did that hinder my ability to follow what was going on. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, um, it's odd because Jack be being able to wear armor as a wizard and yeah. having such a high AC is still very confusing yeah. to me. That, that's because of my race. Um, the Gith Yankee gets armor and weapon proficiency, so that's why I occasionally pull out a longsword from nowhere. What? Uh, you guys aren't humans? No. Well, Magnus is. Magnus is. Okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. you're like you mean in the game right We're, we are here. <laughs> oh no i thought you were uh, robots <laughs> partly automaton but oh fair enough we're sorry so they're not right under the table <laughs> uh yeah so i didn't know that what uh that that you weren't i guess i just i don't know if it was said out loud again or because again i don't, i personally don't visualize things in my imagination very well um Unless I'm told otherwise, I picture human characters until it's specified. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do as well. Um, I think we do mention quite early on. I mean, there's always the jokes about that you not having a nose. They're not having a nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was mentioned like maybe first episode when we introduced ourselves. Yeah. But I don't think I've explicitly stated what I am since. Probably not. No, actually. No. Yeah, it's a long time ago now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I'm a Gith Yankee, which is a, a creature from the astral plane. So I've I'm never heard of that very before. Very out of left field. Yeah. I hadn't heard about it until you played him, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I'm a min-maxer. I'm like, I want to be a wizard that wears armor. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And then I was like, ah, oh, yes, that race that now exists in this camp. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, how, how actually frustrated were you when the wizard was wrestling the alligator? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of the time my outbursts that you hear are genuine. They're not. Yeah. They're not put on. <laughs> um, I apologize for, for for the for the um, uh, one or two people listening that are not getting plot spoilers but getting inside jokes to a podcast they hadn't, have yet to listen to. But this is well, all the reason to go listen to. to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What uh, what is your we kind of got into this uh, not your history with role playing what um, do you guys have a history of of uh, performing or other creative outlets before getting into either podcasting or D anD D? Yeah, Oliver does, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, I play instruments. Um, but that's been, I that's say... come up on the on episodes. <laughs> yeah, as, uh, but I I would I'd say I'm actually the like comes to the role playing side i'm definitely a, a weaker at it than you two are like i i don't feel that comfortable going heavy into role play I, i'm quite a third person when it comes to my mm. sort oh, of description of what i'm doing yeah but I, I i i quite like that we've each got our different styles and it all melds because again it comes down to that thing of like if everyone around the table is enjoying themselves then it's fine mm-hmm. yeah and more people should hope i feel more people should subscribe to that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely i i completely agree what so do you um what drew you into role playing in the beginning let's let's go back to you being younger and your history Oof. i mean i i've always i've loved fantasy and sci-fi from a very young age they've always been like kind of um an outlet for me to like a bit of escapism and yeah role play was kind of like a and the next natural step for that mm-hmm. where you can kind of become a character instead of you know reading a book and imagining what's happening you can be like i'm gonna be this character i want to do the cool stuff i want to swing off a chandelier and fight a dragon you know it's it's who doesn't want to do that that <laughs> <laughs> comes from me from a similar sort of stuff i'm more i, I got into uh D and ttrpgs a lot later than these guys did mm. and i think for me i come from sort of like the gaming side like video gaming side yeah it's like suddenly you've got a game where there aren't as many boundaries about what you can do mm-hmm. yeah you can it's unlimited as such there's no well you can't do that in this version of the game it's just like yeah you can do that yeah or you can try and, yeah you can certainly <laughs> try, try. <laughs> yeah that's one of the reasons as well why i'd like to have that kind of open style of dming where i don't want to put limitations on people and be like no your character can't do that because that's not a thing obviously within the bounds of reason because <laughs> sometimes you guys really really push the uh... i just want to do a quadruple backflip out of nowhere <laughs> I don't think that's a big ask. No. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, yeah, I like. I don't like limiting players because half the fun is you living out what you want to do and how you want to escape your reality and enjoy a character and the fun you want to have. Mm-hmm. What was the beginning like for you guys? Uh, what was because um, there's there's a uh, I think for a lot of people. Um, the idea of a project, the idea of a, um, I remember this from my failure, uh, in standup years ago, uh, whenever you, when it would, I'd bring it up and people would go, oh, that's really cool. I can never do that. But what they didn't realize is that my doing standup was being a really bad at it. B having to bring other people, otherwise they wouldn't let me on stage and C did I mention I was really bad at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they would literally let you on, uh, on the stage if you either bought enough drinks, bought enough people, uh, and put your name on a list. Like, I wasn't making any money at it or anything. And it always <laughs> surprised me how, uh, not just with, with comedy, but, but 
the there uh how many people run into oh i wish i could do that or uh i don't know that i could um what was uh was that some part of your brain when you were developing it what was what pushed you past that and let you try it anyways i don't i the, the thing is we originally started planning this during uh, pa- the pandemic mm. and we sort of said well we want to uh, we'd obviously had the experience that we didn't like playing remotely so we we had a long time of planning before it got to it so by the time it got to it we were raring to go oh yeah uh, i definitely think we like i said the first of it, it was awkward it was like that stumble i think as well me and me and dan were definitely hesitant to pull the trigger and do it and um oliver just said we're recording on this date. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty and much that, it. That yeah. does help, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, if you hadn't have done that, it definitely would have just been one of those permanent things that were going, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah one great. day we'll have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I do find myself naturally the pusher in a lot of projects. Yeah. <laughs> and I, think I have to be careful because I know it can be annoying as well. But mm. I also get annoyed by things not happening. So. Mm. That's fair. <laughs> I think, so yeah, we, what, what were your reservations? Uh, if you can go back to your previous self's mind. Yeah, guys. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think we could keep up being that entertaining for that long, but we seem to have done quite a good job of it. So. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I naturally don't really like putting myself out there. I'm not particularly, um, I wouldn't say I'm not social, but I definitely mm. do. It, I like to do it on my own terms. And right. kind of having something out there for everyone to just be able to, again, give criticism mm. or, yeah. you know, like, the thought of that was very, it, it gave me quite a lot of anxiety, but I think it's just one of those things that once you start doing it, it, it's the same as anything. The more you expose yourself to it, the more and more natural it becomes and the easier it gets. And then it, all of a sudden it's just like, no, this is what we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that goes back to what like I said, for me, I, I really like being involved in projects and creative endeavors. I don't ever necessarily want to be involved in them. Like, if you guys had said, yeah, 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 we've got four people in mind, but do you want to do the production? I'd have 100% still done it. In bands, we couldn't find a singer. Oh, I'll do it then. Mm. I never actually want to do it. I do it out of necessity. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying we didn't need you, did we? No, you don't need me. (laughs) I'd have happily sat behind the camera. That does not bother me at all. I think we would have missed out on a lot there. Well, okay, that's something. Good. Yeah. (laughs) I think as soon as that first episode came out, like, I listened to it through. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is happening. Yep. Like, I don't hate the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still do, but that's, that's why <laughs> I do. hate the sound the... of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I do the accents, though. <laughs> what, were, um, what were your, what was your process or steps from, you mentioned having like a year to think or plan about it. Um, what were the steps or, or things you had to go through to get from being, uh, I have an idea for, recording this to like knowing what you needed to do to record it like from a technology owning standpoint i owned most of the kit we needed to get started anyway what um, cheating like what if you don't have the stuff? sorry did you want a longer up <laughs> um, this isn't a rags to riches it's more like a riches to more riches sort of story. oh no <laughs> we just lost like three but, listeners what are you doing no, it's a, this is a riches to rag story because we've got oh. invested we've made no money from it oh, yeah. right. so it. now you're going to get the negative feedback as they root for your demise that's what's going to happen <laughs> yeah so equipment wise we were good to go I think and production wise I mean we I think like you had a general premise for how you wanted it to start yeah. and you were like make a character 
that I came up with Magnus and I was like, I kind of want him to be involved in the dock and I want him to have a reason as to why he no longer wishes to work there from a moral difference. And that was the jump. And then you've got Jack who had the, you want to move up in your world as an investigator. We're like, okay, first episode, let's plan a way that those two crash into each other. Yeah. And <laughs> crash we did. And at first they didn't like each other. Well, they still really don't, but they didn't like each other at all. <laughs> no, Magnus didn't like Jack. <laughs> I, think, I think that needs to happen more often. I think um, a lot of players, I don't know if they're afraid of um, accidentally pissing off a real person uh, by going mm-hmm. into PvP, but uh, I think I think it's whenever you have, like, you meet up at the tavern and this is where you're getting assignments. Most of the time, that group of people hasn't met before and there's no reason to trust each other. Like that, and then they're best friends yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah the, the, no the path of the journey brings you together. It doesn't mean you, you just blindly trust them. Yeah, I mean, it makes it kind of feel like a lot of D&D campaigns start in the middle um, where... All the adventurers already know each other, and you know you go, oh, now we're off on the the adventure. Um, whereas I, I definitely wanted to start it almost as if like it's almost a prequel, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The first couple of episodes mm-hmm. where it's like, how do you know each other? How did you meet? Because mm-hmm. that can't happen off screen. Like, th- no. no, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it just makes it a lot more engaging and and natural and real like to have yeah. all of that history already there you don't have to go back and kind of try and tell it in tidbits yeah i think what we kind of did was our session zero was us talking and prepping about it and then we were like well what if session zero was acted out and that's mm-hmm. almost episode one yeah I'd say. Uh, yeah that makes sense yeah yeah Which i, I say well. like <laughs> i know but i i, I it makes sense <laughs> <laughs> That, that um that's actually um i've been toying in my head with the idea of a campaign that starts at, at level zero where like okay. you have um you have you have your your race stats and like your level one hp um and you don't have a class yet as an adventurer because nothing's happened to you you have no like you're you're all from like the same village or the same town and like one's hmm. a blacksmith, one's one's a shoe a, sh- a shoe cobbler, one one's like uh, the baker, um, and then <laughs> shit happens to your town, uh, and now you have to do stuff, right? Like that's the first part of the hero's journey is the shit that happens hmm. to you that makes yeah. you and that, that might be quite good because something might happen that um, would give you an idea of what class you're going to be, right? Yeah. But yeah. then also, uh, I like the idea of opening up multi uh, multi classing, so like. The journey is giving you options to learn traits from different skills or mm. classes. So, like, uh, you're you're off in your adventure and you have uh, hammers and baking equipment and like a light backpack. <laughs> and along the way, you pick up a sword that you've never used before. Uh, but now you're uh, every time you like fight something, you're learning how to be a fighter. And like, you maybe mm. go past like uh, the local university and learn some magic. And now now you know how to cast spells and like. Uh, uh, and the journey and the consequence of the character's choices builds on their their literally the character growth. Mm. Yeah, I like that because yeah, it kind cool. of almost it's almost got like a video game like Skyrim yeah, feel yeah, yeah. where like yeah. you put a couple of points in this, kind of points in that. Yeah, yeah. what yeah. skills you require at the time and then build on those, and you don't right. have to or like, be locked like, into a path. Yeah, or like maybe like uh, or sometime around level five, uh, a character dies, makes a bargain with the devil, and now you're a warlock. Like you don't yeah. start out a warlock. Like let's find out why. 
Mm. I don't think actually any of us have really ever multi-classed anything. No, we? it's something no. I want to play with. Like it, uh, yeah. But that was from a storytelling perspective. That was an idea that I was that is floating in my head. No, I think that's a good mm. idea. Yeah. Oh, I did multi-class in Starfinder. Oh, did you? Yeah, Osiris had one level in Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the that mid-max the, dip. The, yes, the mid-max <laughs> dip. Yeah. <laughs> Just to get a weapon proficiency. That was all. It was. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, actually, I, I have because um, a lot of the NPCs that end up being kind of um, like party members, essentially, like Ferrin and Crom, um, I create them as actual characters. I don't do them as NPC stat blocks. Um, we do have one possibly coming up that might be multi-classed, so there's a little Ooh. future spoiler for that. <laughs> uh, going back uh, to the uh, question of <laughs> reservations. Um, what were, before the first episode was recorded, what were your biggest fears? That, that no one would listen to it and it would just... <laughs> that's well, that, that, it starts <laughs> out with no one listening to it, so that was guaranteed to happen. That was... That, that yeah, was that's true, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I think we discussed it at one point and we did say, well, the numbers are never going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, for me, it was just that we'd either get no feedback whatsoever and it would just be like oh it just sits there with episodes piling up and zero listens and we'd mm -hmm. just be like well what's the point um or that it would just be like you guys shouldn't have bothered what why have you done this yeah kind of like mm. very critical ne negative feedback which i'm i'm glad we haven't had but obviously... no i'd love some genuine criticism but if someone's yeah. just like you're bad it's like well why come, yeah come, we know that me. already so. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately the internet is full of of trolls yeah. and that's kind of a, that is a fear but they, they only show up out. when when people uh i don't know what the, word. the trolls only show up when enough people are talking about it either neutrally or positively hmm. so that they have to be a contrarian like it's yeah, yeah we, that's very true we do kind of see it that if we get someone really attacking us we think that means we've made it yeah oh, yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> my apologies for the abrupt ending there i just want to say huge thank you to nerds.web for coming on i really love hanging out with you guys and chatting uh you should follow nerds.web on anywhere that you can find social media um twitter instagram I think they have a Facebook group, if I'm not mistaken. They probably have a TikTok, I believe. Uh, but most importantly, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you should listen to Nerds.Wave after you're done with this one. Um, because they're a three-person homebrewed world of 45-minute chunks a week. Uh, is very approachable, very easygoing, and a, a calming sense of entertainment. So you should definitely check it out. Finally... To finish things off, we have the Q&A, which was, was always my favorite part of doing uh, panels at cons, which I hope to be doing again as the world still, has slowly opened up and I've moved and gotten used to things. Um, but this is a way for me to help people more directly than general mannerisms that may or may not hit your particular situation. Um, the the more one-to-one -one I am talking to someone, the more specific I can answer questions and the more of a dialogue we can have. So if you ever want something that's not read on air, but like directly want to, want help with something, I'm always down to chat. Just shoot me the question, make sure you say you don't want it on the podcast. And this, it will be just a dialogue between you and me. And hopefully it's, it can uh, fill you in a direction that uh, otherwise you would have been able to. That, that's great. Um, or, you know, shoot me a question and be like, you can answer it on the podcast and then I will. Anyway, 
We have three questions today. Ready? Ready? Okay. Question number one is from at Man Nerd Podcast. Thank you, at Man Nerd Podcast, longtime listener and friend. Thank you for the support. Question is, what is your favorite DC or and Marvel character? If they are similar, why do you like that type of character? If they are different, what draws you to them? Interesting. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take a couple liberties. The first thing I need to clear up is I talk about. If you've listened to a couple of episodes, you know, uh, wanting to be Batman when I grow up. That's where this whole thing comes from. All of it. I still want to be Batman when I grow up. Um, I choose that because of, of the, the belief and desire, uh, approachability of seeing someone that doesn't have powers work their way into doing what they believe is good. And, um, and still being a superhero amongst basically gods. So the, you put in work, you put in skill, um, you can become a hero is why I say I want to be Batman when I grow up. When it comes to not specifically uh, any uh, specific company or fandom, um, I honestly probably gravitate to Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers first. Just, uh, I'm a big primary colors, a uh, little bit of gag reel, um, uh, black and white, like give me some fun cartoon level uh, heroism. Um, so I've loved every iteration of the Ninja Turtles. Um, I, uh, well, I have popped in and out with Power Rangers. Um, I love the comics a lot. Um, and uh, again, bright colors, a uh, uh, little bit of hokiness and um, some wah, fighting. Um, is good times. So those are probably the two that I have the strongest emotional reaction to. They make me feel the most like a child again. I think for some people, that's what Star Wars does. Um, but for me, it's Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers. Um, but uh, my favorite DC character is Batman. Done. That was easy. That was, we, we covered that one already. My favorite Marvel character is Spider-Man. Yes. I surprised myself by saying that out loud. It's been a long time since I've viewed characters in a, which brand do I prefer? Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man. If I, if I go purely by like, if I see a bo the book on the shelf, sight unseen, which one am I grabbing? It's either uh, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, or Power Rangers. Um, if I, uh, ever so often I'll learn about a specific storyline I want to read and then I'll grab that. Um, and, uh, I really enjoyed the story arc of the MCU Steve Rogers. Um, but the character of Captain America is not one that I personally relate to. Uh, so, um, uh, not, not my favorite over, uh, from a comic standpoint, but that I love that story arc a lot. Um, the growth that, that is shown in that character. And uh, yeah. Um, what draws me to them? Uh, well, Batman is I want to be Batman when I grow up. That's um, the, the idea that you can put in work and create, uh, mold yourself into a hero. I like that concept. Um, I like that Spider-Man deals with everyday issues while also sacrificing 
being a, the sacrifice of being a hero. Um, it makes him. It's a, a lot of Marvel characters have this. I realize that, but I think um, um, Spider-Man deflects with humorous defense mechanism. Um, Sp uh, Spider-Man um, more than anyone else gets to watch the world around him get better and he gets to stay Spider-Man uh, or Peter uh, or he gets to stay Peter Parker the um, not progressing individual because Spider-Man is what's progressing and it's uh, a tragedy wrapped in a comedy wrapped in relatability of the struggle of life and I think um, that is why I like uh, Spider-Man yeah hopefully that answers your question thank you again for the support question number two is from Band Reaper 97. This is multiple parts. We're going to break it down. Uh, I am curious about the dog or cat question. Can you follow up on the podcast, please? I can. Okay. A couple episodes ago, uh, someone uh, asked, uh, I don't know if it was a purpose or not, but like three questions on three different platforms. Uh, so I... It, Instead of elaborating on one of the answers, I did it rapid fire. And one of the questions was cats or dogs? And my answer was yes. And then my wife posted a photo uh, with her sad face and the dog going, what do you mean yes? We only have dogs. So here's my clarification of uh, cats versus dogs. Because there is a story here. I grew up with cats. I've forever considered myself a cat person. I used to be afraid of dogs, much like I'm still afraid of spiders and bees. I used to be afraid of dogs to a point that like if a dog would bark as I would go uh, be walking down, down like a sidewalk, I would cross the street to the other street, side of the street because the dog, the dog scared me and I didn't want to walk by it. Um, I, there's been times when like uh, uh, a dog uh, greets my wife and I hide in a bush. Like I, I, uh, I don't, I never trusted, I could read their emotions. I couldn't tell the difference between a happy or an angry dog and all that just gave me anxiety and freaked me the, the hell out. Um, however, I've owned dogs. I've, um, back in the day in, in, uh, Seattle, um, Lena and I had, uh, tofu, uh, the Shaquille O'Neal of pugs and, um, now we have Meme and Loki, two uh, smaller but hyper pugs, and um, I love them very much, and I can totally read them, and if they wanted to attack me, their faces don't have snouts, so whatever. Um, through owning dogs, I learned to understand their body language, I learned to understand their mannerisms, and I learned uh, to trust what I am communicating with. I still am gonna be hesitant running into a random dog, uh, as much as I would be a random person on the sidewalk. Like, uh, in my mind, the dog going, ruff, 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 is very similar to someone on the side of the rock across the street just yelling for no reason. So, I wouldn't want to engage with that either. But, um, uh, because I can now read their body language and understand the difference between a happy and an angry bark and a growl versus a, hey, let's do something, um, I'm much more calm and approachable with dogs, which makes them more calm and approachable with me. Um, and that's why it's both dogs and cats. Uh, I have a learned experience with dogs. 
that it makes I still take dogs on a case-by-case -case scenario, but I'm willing to learn to like them. Uh, and uh, cats, I believe, uh, you don't, I don't believe you find cats. I believe cats find you. I've never um, purchased like a cat. They just show up and then you love them and they protect you and then they move on or yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the cats versus dog. Okay. Um, part two of that, still from Band Reaper 97. Also, how long should I wait between workouts and meals? I'm starting a new workout program. Congratulations, that's awesome to hear. And always struggle with should I uh, eat or not? How long should I wait? That is a very good question. You're not you're not gonna like the start of my answer because it is uh it depends. Um there is, if you really break down the biochemistry of everything, um, probably an optimal time to eat uh, uh, throughout the day and an optimal time to have certain types of nutrients and an uh, optimal time for your workout to take place and within that relationship, how they affect each other. Um, the thing is, uh, all that doesn't matter if it isn't consistent. Um, so, uh, your hormones may be more prepared to work out, say later in the day, but if you too busy or you keep skipping your workouts later in the day, the workout in the morning is far better for your hormones because you actually worked out. The same is true with your food around workouts. Um, it's a little bit of trial and error and a little bit of based on the variables of what you are trying to achieve with your exercise or the type of workouts you're doing. Uh, if you are, uh, if your workouts or exercise are performance-based and or particularly strength increasing based, uh, you want the workout to be fueled to maximize the energy for each lift and effort exertion. Uh, so it's not so much if, uh, you don't want your stomach to be super bloated, of course, so you have to be careful what you eat. But if you're eating hour and a half, two hours before, uh, making sure that you're not in any way fasted or um, hungry uh, before you work out. That is going to give you a little more oomph for pushing more intensity uh, of load. However, if you do that same thing and you're going to go play soccer or a game of basketball or uh, run some agility drills, you might throw up faster because there's more in your stomach and it's gonna, it, you're going to be sloshing around a little bit. Um, so generally when you're, when you're trying to be light in your feet um, uh, and working that type of stuff, you want, you want to play a little, not hungry because you want nutrients from the, you want to play hungry. You want to play uh, without something weighing you down um, and, and everything running as optimally as possible, which is without food in your system um, from, a, from a feeling light standpoint. Um, but because uh, you don't want to be starving. Uh, it's probably best that like you have eaten, like if it's, if you're working out in the morning and you're doing car cardio or plyometrics, probably make sure that dinner was good. Uh, if you're, if you are working out, uh, around like your lunchtime, um, making sure that you did have a well-balanced, strong protein filled breakfast is a good idea. It might be four or five hours later. Uh, so your belly isn't full. Um, but you want to make sure that, uh, you still may have the right nutrients for that workout. Um, 
after workout is also going to be dependent on uh, style of training and again what you're training for. Um, if you're, I know, and this is this is this is more anecdotal, but if I know personally, um, if I'm working running conditioning or cardio, uh, my stomach locks up and I can't eat right afterwards, even if I wanted to. So I, there's no reason to be trying to force down food. Uh, because it's not going to sit well in the stomach and it's going to negate a lot of the positive aspects of right after the workout um, and mentally and emotionally. Uh, if um, I strength train it, uh, and I, and I uh, pause for a second um, and the, the adrenaline drop, um, I am starving and I need to eat like right away. And I, this might be different for different people, um, but uh, you should pay, to pay attention to that and base it off of that reaction. Um, it is not imperative that you like need so much protein between so much window of time of working out. Uh, it is more important that in general throughout your day, protein is been taken in. In fact, if you're relying on the, your special window to get your protein in, and that's the only protein you're having, it's not enough and it's doing more damage because you're soaking it up faster and it's pulling from other stuff instead. Um, so you that protein window is a thing, but not, don't worry about it. It's not, uh, worry about getting protein in throughout the rest of your whole day. And it won't matter if it's in that specific lead time window. Um, yeah. So the, the answer is it depends on, uh, you and your, your, the many variables related to your program. Um, yeah. I think that that pretty much hopefully that that was helpful um there's a lot of variables if you ever want follow-up or more specifics feel free to reach out more more directly but basically um you should base it uh off of the priorities of what you work why uh the type of training you're doing and why you're doing the training in the first place there you go awesome question number three from courtney also, long-time listener, thank you for the support. Are pre-workout stuff necessary? Oh, this is related to the previous one too. So just like uh, there may be an optimal window for protein intake to be uh, processed in your system, it doesn't mean that you have to hit that window in order to the, for the protein to do its job. Um, pre-workout can help, but it's not required. Um, if you have already s consumed caffeine, which is what pre-workout pre is, uh, um, you're going to have a harder time at receiving benefits from caffeine when you go to work out. So you have to give it, you may have already had your pre-workout pre and that might have already been done. Also, um, if you try to uh, use pre-workout stuff and the workout doesn't match the energy levels, you're gonna be buzzing really hard and crash really hard if you're not careful. Um, it's not, pre-workout stuff is not necessary. It can help. Um, I personally like pre-workout from a exercise as hobby because it gives me more of a goofy vital energy for hanging out and be social within exercise. It helps bring out that side of the workout that honestly it's a lot of fun and you may enjoy it. 
Um, but you have to somewhat enjoy the idea of going to work out first. If that thought's in there and you take pre-workout, you're just going to get extra angry about the workout because it's going to amplify that emotion. So you have to be careful about that. Um, uh, but also, um, it can be useful if you're trying to get back to neutral. If it's been a long day, if you need to work out for your mental health, if physically this workout needs is the difference between you moving enough and not moving enough. Um, so it's going to happen, but you're grumpy. It's not great. This is, this is, uh, it's pulling teeth to do your, to get through a warm up. Um, you should, uh, or you should, uh, you pre pre workout stuff, um, will bring you to neutral so you can pull from that to, to finish the workout. It will not give you more energy. It will not make you feel great. It will allow you to have neutral energy so that the work that was planned can take place. And that is helpful, but it is not a all the time thing. If every time you go to work out, you're finding that uh, you don't have the energy to work out. There's a whole other conversation that needs to be taking place, uh, either with your relationship to movement and exercise in general, or uh, with uh, what's going on around your day or when you're trying to fit, fit the workout in, in your day. So look, that would be more important. Um, but if every once in a while you're, you're going to work out and you just, oh man, I don't, I don't have it today. Today has been, been horrible. Um, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. The bringing back to neutral is a big, big helpful for pre-workout. But it, again, not necessary, can help. All right, that's today's show. Thank you for sticking around uh, for, the, for the whole thing. I really appreciate it. If you want more from me, Check out everydaysuperheroetraining.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at everydaysuperherohq. I should really know my own Twitter. Um, and I'm on Instagram at everydaysuperheroetraining.com, but I use it a lot less. And I don't know why I'm waiting until the last five seconds of this to announce it, but starting April 15th, the guest conversation will be recorded live on Twitch. Before we edit it down into the podcast, you know and somewhat love. So that'll be fun, and stay tuned for notifications about that. See you next time.